you know what? Start the show. Actually, I don't want to waste any material on you fuckers. I want our I want our <laughs> audience member, Mike's mom, to get the full effect. <laughs> and and there's two of them. I think listens in occasionally. All right, we'll have all. to get the fan club a... together sometime. <laughs> we'll have a convention. <laughs> Hubris God. party room in a Bob Evans. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Hubricon 2021. Be there. Be square. Oh, man. Prepare yourself for sheer fucking hubris. Sheer fucking hubris. Hello and welcome to Sheer Fucking Hubris, a podcast where three friends conduct a weekly watch of an episode of Star Trek Discovery and then proceed to talk about it and its many strengths and if there happens to be a weakness, it's weakness each week. Uh, I am Joe Bob. Joining me is Biblio Warden. Yo! And also, Mr. Willie. Hello. And this week, we watch season one, the penultimate episode, War. Good God, y'all, what it is good for. And, (laughs) oh boy. (laughs) Willie, where does this rank? Uh, Now, and, and I should mention that we actually... Well, I watched two episodes this week. Uh, we uh, also watched the final, um, Hold My Hand. And uh, so we have seen all of season one. And so, really, where do you think these uh, these two episodes, and specifically War, uh, ranks as, the, uh, as part of season one? Oh, boy. Um, they were not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> neither one of them were very good. I feel like... For this to have been a finale, a season finale, you know, I guess to their credit, they at least tried to wrap up the loose ends, but they did so with some of the laziest writing I've seen out of this show yet. Um, and so I felt like it was a very forgettable episode. Uh, the only, really the only part that right now, if I if I close my eyes and I try to remember what happened in war, what is it good for? The only thing that really jumps out at me besides... Uh, Captain Giorgio is uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yes, that's about the only part that I I really remember um, having in its entirety. So, like I said, they just I felt like there was a lot of lazy writing. You know, we even talked about in the last episode. We're like, so what happened to the other Discovery? We're like, do we presume that it just jumped over there? Is it over there wreaking havoc? And you know. Like, that could have been such... They had some potential to turn that into something cool, right? But instead, they're like, oh, the Discovery got blown up. I saw the debris myself. You know, they wrapped up some of these things in, in like, uh, in, in one sentence. Like, one yeah. one comment of dialogue. Um, furthermore, and I, I know I made the joke a couple times about how sometimes I felt like I was watching a Bond movie. These Both of these episodes belonged in a Bond movie. Like, this whole plan, this would have been like page one out of Dr. Evil's playbook. Like, <laughs> it was just, 
<laughs> I mean, this is this was just I don't know. Uh, so I don't want to get I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But well, to you answer your question, in so many ways, big boy never left. He's always <laughs> provided affordable deals. So. Oh, son of a bitch! I can't believe you're telling me that because the fucking cameo that we get. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> same why. Guy. Oh god! <laughs> I gotta say though, that cameo cracked me up. Absolutely yep. cracked me up. I mean, he was in. I mean, he was in, in like a baby in an episode of TOS, right? Yeah. Clint mm-hmm. Howard. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think he's been in five Star Trek series, made cameos in five of them. Yeah. Or four okay. of them. Now I have to look it up. He's He's been in several because I did look it up to make sure that that was who it was. And he's he was a Ferengi in, uh, I'm guessing, DS9. And then, uh, yeah, he was just kind of a. a a Terran or a human or whatever you want to call him in, in another episode. But yeah, when I saw him, oh man, that cracked me up. And, you know, but again, some of the loose ends were tied up in a, in a very well done nuanced way. We finally got the answer to how many dicks there are to a Klingon. <laughs> and it was done in a way that All didn't call too much attention to it. <laughs> so, and, and because that the was arcs, unbelievable. That they because, <laughs> went through the effort to put that on screen. Yeah, but well, no, uh, we, it, now it look, also look. answers because the arcs were the same, you know, kind of the same distance, same angle. I do believe that it is, in fact, bifurcated. It is not two separate organs. I think it's bifurcated. It looked like it was an over-under instead of a double barrel. It, it was but, an over-under. I wonder if you got a barrel selector on that thing. Well, I was going to say, though, <laughs> the way that Klingon anatomy forks and bifurcates and is specialized, those could have just been the pisser, the pisser dicks. They can have other ones that are specialized for, for you know, other activities. You're right. You're right. We, I, you're right. I guess there's always a little bit of uncertainty about it. But the fact that they put that in just, oh, boy. But, they spent but more not... time coming up with that scene than they did. Never mind. A lot. Oh, yeah, a lot of the <laughs> That's season. the finale. Don't fucking get yeah. ahead of yourself, <laughs> I'm Willie. sorry. I'm sorry. Well, then why don't you bring us back? Um, before I get too much more on a rant here, bring us back. Bring us back to war. What is it good for? Which <laughs> well, commonly was actually Tolstoy's original name for War and Peace. <laughs> uh, he actually uh, he got it from, from Discovery. It was his it mistress. Was, that it was a time suggested. Loop. Yeah, thing. <laughs> Um. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Well, you know. You know what? You said that they didn't spend a lot of time writing it, and I disagree. (laughs) I think that they wrote the shit out of some dialogue for a soap opera. (laughs) Now that is because I felt like I was watching one of Grandma's stories. Like the sands through the hourglass, these are the discoveries of our lives. <laughs> That's I was fair. watching this thing. And they and were very eye-rolling. Why? Be careful, you're about to lose one of our fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what the shit are we watching? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even knocking soap operas. I just oh, don't I expect am. Discovery to be one. Right. Yeah. We really, we really tried to dr- tap in some artistic creativity on this one didn't we God. <laughs> act your little heart out please yeah uh mike and phoenix <laughs> say this over the top dialogue and that's oh. right we created something beautiful today i mean wouldn't 
terraforming a world probably violate the prime directive not if there's no sentient not if there's no life it was supposedly supposedly god damn it supposedly completely devoid of life oh okay okay so like the genesis project that wasn't controversial at all for the same reason right well but that was a secret weapon to annihilate the klingon empire (laughs) well there are some parallels to be drawn then because we also have a secret weapon to annihilate the Klingon Empire, but mm-hmm. but I digest. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's get back. Let's get back. So toss you're it over talking to, about. Your- let me toss it over to Warden and just get his thoughts on it. And as, as season one wrapped up, yeah, yeah. You know, I one of the things I'm thinking about with these last two episodes in particular is one reason why they might have seemed a little bit odd might be because they're trying to leave them untied. Well, no, I'm where I'm, I mean, well, there might be some of that, but I, I think it feels to me like all at once they got really conventional. They've done all this off the wall crap for uh, the whole season. And then all of a sudden, I mean, granted, it's still a little weird and discovery dialed up to 11, but it, 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 I mean, it, 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 it feels, it, it, it feels very, straightforward warden i'm actually gonna have to disagree with you on that one (laughs) (laughs) nothing about these episodes felt conventional to me and that's i guess that's what i'm saying like i I guess i'm not saying conventional might be the wrong word um there's definitely madcap i mean you know we we we're, we're still talking about the first one but um you know the idea of taking a ship into a pocket on a planet um and stuff like that is you know of of course nuts um but i'm trying to i don't even know if i have a i have vocabulary necessary to say what i'm trying to say um (laughs) i don't think that's necessarily a deficiency on your end i think it's that these episodes were inexplicably uh poorly written or at least with with the exception of the soap opera dialogue like like joe bob pointed out it, it was just that I just don't feel, I feel like we made a total pivot in everything that we've done. Maybe that's what you're trying to say is mm-hmm. they just, they pivoted away from, from a lot of what they had been doing up to this point and just resolved everything in the, in a very uh, opposite manner from where they had come from. Well, is you that know, what you're well, kind of trying to say? What, what Maybe I a think, little bit, but you know, something else that's I'm, I'm remembering and is occurring to me is, I mean, they, they, it almost feels like they 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 shot their wad the last few episodes with the whole mirror universe thing and 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 they just they had laid that out so I mean it was again nuts but they they had laid it out so carefully <laughs> as far yeah. as you know planning it out and having that unfold and so on and so forth and then you get back it, it's 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 binary star syndrome all over again. It's just you you you. It's like you you with that. Um, what can't maintain is, a breakneck pace forever. Right. Well, you, what's past this prologue felt like a season finale. And that's what that's I was. Right. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say, Warren. And and you, uh, you know, you, you headed me off at the pass when you said they they shot their load already because <laughs> that's exactly what this these last two episodes felt like, you know, we've talked about the this phenomenon the cigarette of, post-nut, afterwards. of post-nut clarity. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cause, cause you still had to, to finish. You were like, it's like, we're in the middle of it 
and you've already blown your load and the stuff that seemed hot and cool 10 minutes ago now you look at the mirror on the ceiling and you're just some asshole covered in jelly and wearing a Donald Trump mask and it's no longer doing it for you oh boy uh you know all right. And the other thing is, you know, we've talked about the Klingon war feeling like such an afterthought, and and it continued to be. I mean, he's still laughing about the Donald Trump mask. Yeah, he <laughs> broke him. He muted himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. yeah. I mean, look, yeah. maybe I'm the only one that's ever been there. I, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty universal metaphor. <clears throat> anyway. Okay. All right. Klingon War has felt like an afterthought all season, except for the first two episodes. Yeah. And they, even in this episode, it still felt like an afterthought. I mean, it was a very it was a cold war off screen. Yeah. It was basically a cold war, it, you uh, know, for what well, we saw. Well, for what we saw, yeah. Apparently it was pretty damn. The yeah, war doesn't make any goddamn sense because they. No, it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't at all. Al are fighting 24 separate houses. How was that harder than fighting a united Klingon empire? I, I guess mean, the that point, was wrong about it. At that point, it, it, it's almost more like a counterinsurgency problem than a war, right? I right. mean, you've got, you know, even in the first episode, we felt like, how, why are these houses showing up with like one ship? You know, wouldn't you think they'd bring hundreds? You know, how was how how the Federation not able to fight off? To me, it would be like skirmishes at that point. Like, yeah, maybe... Maybe you're getting hit on a lot more fronts, but you're getting hit with a lot less focused of an effort. Did you um, like where they were given the uh, recap on the past nine months? Uh, oh, and by the way, nine months have gone by and still no one has figured out what it took Discovery's brain trust an hour to figure out, which is <laughs> how to solve the riddle of the cloaking device. But yeah. whatever. They gave three examples, I think. One where a Klingon... Uh, Klingons blew up an atmosphere. One where a Klingon ship tailed uh, a, yeah, a ship, ship in space and dock. And, and they did that up. three times, though. They did, they did that, that three, three times. Star bases, yeah. And based on that piece of information, Burnham was able to conclude that none of these targets yeah, or was... tactics have any relation. There's no consistency. I'm like, what the well, fuck? You figured that out? From from that right. piece of information yeah. about what has happened the last nine months. Oh, and they hit a research station too. Like yeah. really, like none it, of it made any sense. How about the fact that a starbase with eighty thousand people on it had three got starships overrun? Yeah, three starships, eighty thousand people, all of Starfleet high intelligence, and when they scan it, there's two hundred eighty three Klingons in there. Even if you're cannon fodder, you know. I, I guess we could do the math with that, but you'd think 10 humans would be able to neutralize one Klingon. Well, they didn't right? say human life. They said Federation life. Maybe they were all Kelpies. Maybe they were all Kelpies. Wow. <laughs> oh, speaking of Kelpies, we finally got the threat boner back again. So maybe now that we're back in the prime universe. Um, I told you the, the quantum the signatures threat boners, were off. That's right. That's right. It's working again. Um, it, it, it is possible and you know this is probably just being annoying and giving benefit of it out but um the the klingons that were on the starbase when it was scanned may not have been the full contingent that was involved in taking the station um they they might have been the, the garrison left behind um well 
uh, the impression that it had happened must have happened pretty recently. Yeah, like because the last because Agile hour. Doctor made the statement that it was their only refuge. So you'd think they'd be in pretty uh, close contact with it. Mm, good point. Um, again, conceded. Okay, I don't understand why you would have eighty thousand people and three starships. I mean, these oh. starships in this area, like, I mean, that's how long does it take to get eighty thousand people? Fuck it. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> I also don't understand why they're like over twenty percent of Federation space has been occupied. Yeah, well, then that, that, that is not what like the Civ replay showed. <laughs> and if that's true, then why is this one star base in Earth's backyard your only refuge? Yeah, I don't. No, it doesn't make it no, doesn't make any sense. sense. <laughs> no, it made any sense. Whatever. So, I got a question for you guys. Okay. Did it make any sense that when the Discovery showed back up, they beamed aboard and did mind melds and Cornwall uh, took control of the ship? And did that just seem odd? Like, it's like they had knowledge that uh, something was afoot before they even beamed over. I mean, now granted, yeah, we saw the Discovery get blown up. It took them like, I don't know, 10 seconds to scan the debris when they first went to the mirror universe and realized that it wasn't the same quantum signature. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I felt like they just took it at face value. And, and so her, when she beams over, her question is not even what is going on. It's where's captain Lorca. You know, Dude, I felt like that was, it was just ever so pulled contrived. The Lorca maneuver after fucking Admiral. They are <laughs> pissed. Ah, she has spent okay. nine months looking for that son of a bitch. But um, maybe she's getting ready to serve him some uh, paternity lawsuit. Yeah, well, but, it, 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 going going a little bit further, right? Uh, about what, how none of this makes any goddamn sense. She says that the Lorca sidelined the Federation's prime asset, but then they said, but she's also saying that Discovery was blown up nine months mm-hmm. ago, and they saw the wreckage. And first of all, it, 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 I thought Captain Killy was supposed to be the tits. At, at war well like she lasted all of a day not even a day because the the klingon armada was in route you think she just sat, sat there at pavin trying to figure out what was going on and klingon starts now, that's what i'm saying like that could have possibly been a little bit of a sub arc or, or, or subplot that could have been kind of cool right but they just wrote it out they 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 didn't even try and use that. They they had a plot element sitting there that they could have done something with, and they didn't. And hey, that was remember- what kind of bothered me about some of the you know the writing here is, I felt like we just kind of oh well we need to wrap that up. So uh, so Glenn, you take that one, and Glenn passes it off to his intern. You you remember the how, intern of an intern. You remember how like when uh, Discovery first ended up in the Mirror Universe and there was wreckage around them. Like the first thing that they did was get some information and they went and salvaged a computer core mm-hmm. and found out all this information. I don't know. I guess that was just Terrans have no need for information. What? Well, so. Lorca was the one that ordered that. So it was, oh, yeah, uh, right. you know, of course, I guess he knew to do it. Yeah. And Admiral Doctor was like, uh oh, wreckage. Well, leave the computer core. We don't need to sift through this. Yeah, oh. None of it. Again, let's let's move on. I don't want to. I don't want to harp on that. We got a lot of material to cover tonight. It certainly requires a great deal of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Yes. So so but so they all beam aboard, and again we can't 
we cannot ascertain <laughs> in this show if you can or cannot beam through shields or if because I feel like they just do whatever they need to do whenever they need to do it. The shield, you know, uh, I felt like I always thought it was very well established. You could not beam when your shields up. Oh, you cannot. You cannot because the few times that it's happened with aliens that have exotic technology or what have you, it's always established as being, oh my God, they've been through the shield. You know, so, <laughs> so, so Cornwall's ship rolls up, the shields up, you know, their shields are up. Saru says, raise our shields. And then they just beam straight onto the bridge, right? And of course, uh, I mean, I guess I might as well appreciate it was that it was all the same people who were on the Firefox <laughs> Council. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't even change those people. Uh, they they still had them on contract for another episode. So they they kept all those people in, and then Cornwall beams in, and they're just like, "Go do a mind melt." That I mean, it, didn't we establish that that was like a shitty thing to do? <laughs> Yeah, well, he told him that. He's like, what the times call for. And then, you know, he went on and um, my thoughts to your thoughts. Sarah got a boner while he was doing it because of the threat boner connection. And uh, <laughs> and so he, he figures out that everything's everything's wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and 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 the the big thing that the big takeaway for Admiral Doctor is that my Gabriel is truly dead. Yeah. I'm like, what? How is that the most important thing? And also, like, I don't know. Shit, he might still be alive. Uh, whatever. The point is, she vaporizes fortune cookies, which seems like a really just bright <laughs> idea to be firing phasers on vaporized setting. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Isn't, an alarm, isn't an alarm supposed to go off if you fire an According unauthorized phaser? According to Star Trek Six, it is. Yeah, whatever. According to Star Trek Six, it is. But uh, yeah, so but I, I felt like they just accepted the whole mirror universe thing at face value. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, convincing to be done on that one. Well, you know, the writers put in the mind meld in there so that they didn't have to waste time. You think Sarek saw himself and was like, "Hot damn, I'd look good in beard." We'll find out if he's grown one in season two. <laughs> He does look pretty good with a beard. This is a theme for me. I'm aware. I'm sorry. God damn it, Warden. <laughs> like, you are always... Men are not just pieces of meat. Like, we're not drooling over every... Well, never mind. Shut up. I, yeah. Well, I just got to thinking about it and, like, the choices for women to drool over are, like, bot, bot, the meter, and, you know... Bot, bot got to be sitting in the captain's chair again. Yeah. Because apparently she's guess, like Michael, number two. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I take oh, that man. back. I think Emperor jo- Emperor Emperor Jojo's kinda hot. She got the bad girl thing going on. So how about the fact that uh Tilly starts out the season as the socially awkward person who's just she was the one who would always probably wind up sitting by herself in the mess hall. But like the captain of the football team, when she goes to sit down by Tyler Everybody just uh, just rallies around the Phoenix, even though if you actually think about the timeline of what happened here, none of these people really knew Phoenix. Oh, they have no history with him. And they're all was, like, we're glad to have you the, back. He was on the discovery for like a week before he turned <laughs> yeah. Klingon. Yeah, they, most, all, they, not only they that, were all pretty quick. That was just so, that was such a wrapped up with a bow type scene that made no sense at all. Not only that, but most of the time he was on an away mission. Yep. He was either on the Pavan planet getting his ass kicked, 
or in the worker bee uh, having a breakdown yep. or on the uh or flying Shinjo to the nebula, right? To kill Burnham yep. or flying yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they all acted like they were they were good buddies and and uh, so, you know, which that gives us the good feeling of knowing that Phoenix is going to be around for a while. He's he'll he'll be back in season 2. He will not end up in a cell or a lab um as they as as they were feared. Um so he he's going to be back. But thank goodness for Tilly and how she really came around this season as as a social powerhouse on board the Discovery. So, but uh I don't like I, Tilly. Now that the season is completely over, I could say I don't care for Tilly. What about what about um what about Tilly when she was rolled up her sleeves and got busy and she, she unzipped her jacket she was really having to figure out the spore issue and how to terraform a planet. Seems like we had pretty uh, readily available knowledge about how to terraform a planet. Seems like and, we also uh, uh, did away with the notion that your jacket's supposed to be zipped. Well, that's what I was talking about. I she noticed just we were unzipped <laughs> a lot. Everybody yeah. was. They're like, yeah, this this is much more comfortable. You know, it was a casual Friday on the Discovery. <laughs> One of the things that killed me about that terraforming scene is really all the work's been done. I guess then they're going to fire like an, it said an EM pulse. And she's so like, EM pulse is ready. And the captain still said fire. It seems to me like that's something like the chief scientist would have been in charge of or, or, or something like that. But, oh, boy. Again, <laughs> that, that we whole already scene. shot our load with the Mirror Universe <laughs> story arc. The action... Uh, crescendo for this was launching mushrooms at a dead hunk of space rock. Like, yeah. what do you want? Yeah, you're right. It was it was bad, and, and that was just another example of this show being like, we have a problem. Rather than fix it within the confines of what we've already established in the world, let's just invent something new. You know, like terraforming a planet so that we can harp. Like, why not just say, you know we'd still have enough residual charge in our jump drive to make one last jump. Um, and that's it, you know, and, and look, it, at least that raises the stakes, right? Then you're saying like, okay, well, maybe we're not we, done. With if the we do this, maybe not, but at least that way they're like, if, if you do this plan, that's it. You've got an entire Federation crew stuck on Kronos, you know, but oh well, so, but so uh, Cornwall goes and appeals to Laurel and, and tells her, you know, what do we do to end this war? Well, you we guys also, are winning. We also miss the, you know, the soap opera dialogue between Stamets and uh, Phoenix about not Cuba gooding. I didn't mind that one quite as much um, as some was, of the other ones. But, but I don't know. See, that one for me, Stamets, Stamets never seen, has not ever seemed that bothered by it. Yeah. Like I yeah. get to these processes, everybody processes their own way. But honestly, it was good for Discovery because when they killed not Cuba Gooding, he's like the Hydra. Like three nurses sprung up to take his place because we didn't see anybody else in sick bay the whole goddamn season until we killed him off. And now there's like three doctors or nurses or whatever in sick bay every time we go there. So that's yeah, that's that's good. That's a fair point. Now they don't know yeah. shit about medicine. Is he human? Or well, at not? least not about unsanctioned medicine. Both, neither. So, okay, can we? I don't can, know. We, can we revisit this because I'm still a little hazy on the whole Vogue thing. <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs> like <laughs> it seems to me like 
flaying someone's skin, <laughs> breaking their bones, sawing their heart into pieces. Is that really necessary if you're going to just put their consciousness in a shell? Why shave Vokes fingertips down and break all his bones? If you're able to meld a consciousness together, wouldn't it be a whole lot more humane just to put him into Ash Tyler's body? Because it's not Ash Tyler's body. It's a, it, it's a shell that looks exactly like Ash Tyler and has Ash Tyler's memory. The None Manchurian of this makes any None the Manchurian. It's so stupid. Oh and, my God. You know, and ultimately, like, I, I thought they had more of a plan than just <laughs> we were the only two followers left. And we thought maybe if I could take over the discovery that more people would rally behind yeah. the coup. But, like, really? <laughs> that, that was your plan? Like, maybe uh. if me, one person can take over this entire starship <laughs> that the Klingons will see that I'm now a human who controls a starship and all 24 houses are going to... Who speaks fluent Klingon, though. That's, that's the difference. A shit plan. <laughs> this, I'm telling you, this is a Bond movie. This was a thrown-away Bond script that they're this, like, you know what, this would work in Star Trek. to Bond movies. <laughs> well, I did say it was a thrown-away script. Um, so, but, but, but you had another one of your, uh, uh, soap opera soliloquies or dialogues when Ash Tyler was talking about what they did to him. They're like, but then when they started shaving down my fingers, why not just say like, oh yeah, this human, there are humans walking around today who are like six, eight and super strong. Why not they had, just, they had to match, <laughs> they had to match Ash Tyler. This plan was so bad. I mean, why not just make him have to go through the academy and everything else but you know you, you, didn't, have, you didn't have to put him straight into starfleet just transplant brains i mean it's hard for me to believe you don't have the medical technology to do that if you have successfully transformed a klingon into a human and it's completely undetectable I loved it. It was a, it was their top secret species reassignment project. Yeah, Vote that's was what the I was first one. <laughs> oh my god! With the think- sole purpose to to infiltrate uh, Starfleet intelligence, that seems like a pretty singular purpose to do what they apparently did to Voke. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh man, they were. I like the way that they were really uh, weren't being too heavy handed on the political commentary there. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole this whole episode was chock full of it too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Homogenization and assimilation and equality and reassignment. And, uh-huh. yeah. So Burnham goes on though. She's, she's gonna go back and talk to Giorgio, and uh, you know, <laughs> Giorgio's like, it makes you weak that you just wanted to save me. And uh, how, how did you like when? Um, uh, Cornwall and Sarek were both like the resemblance is incredible or, or extraordinary. Of course it is. It's it, we've established it's the same person. It, it, they're they're alike in every way except they're in a different universe. I, I thought mean, it was dumb. I thought it was dumb. And you know, I gotta say, if all of a sudden I was beamed over into mirror universe and I'm standing there talking to somebody, and while they're in front of me, they say, "Man, the resemblance is uncanny." I'd be like, "Look." Motherfucker, this situation is hard enough without you having side conversations in front of me like that. <laughs> Would you just please wait till you're out of the room? 
But you know, <laughs> while we're talking about Admiral Doctor saying stupid shit, I'm glad to see that uh, her crisis management and PTSD uh, is just as good when it's her that's having the breakdown as with when it's someone else because she completely froze up. Yeah, Saru had to step in. Oh man, Saru, so they, Saru got Saru had the best arc of the season. I was gonna say I, I appreciate was, where Saru ended up. He was acting like a Starfleet captain at the end at in these last two episodes. Mm-hmm. But it, it was all it was all for naught since he gets knocked back down to number one again. Brother can't catch a break. So, which by the way, <laughs> I feel like I. I I feel like I called that one in the last episode, and I did not say that they were gonna concoct this stupid plan <laughs> where Giorgio was gonna be like the tactician of how to beat the Klingons, and Saru was finally gonna get to be her first officer. Yeah, we one of us called it. I don't uh, even remember. Uh, yeah, just... the, the the one thing though is that um, that uh, <laughs> didn't quite call the fact that Saru wanted to like peel his skin off doing that. You're right. I did not call that. Speaking of, call you can that. tell he was like, this talk about stuff. JoJo bringing it in hot. She yeah. left off the transport pass. She's like, slave on your knees. Burnham ate you yesterday, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was a lot of food related. Uh, we died on your entrails. In, these, uh, in this. And then later on, like, okay, so I don't, I don't get this. Oh God, this is so stupid. So Admiral Doctor says, okay, no one can know about this and destroy any evidence. And they're like looking at each other like, that's going to be a problem because, <laughs> you know, we've got an emperor in our, and, you know, in one of the quarters here. And also Ensign Jerry Curl totally saw her uh, get beamed in. Yeah, but Saru, Saru swore him to secrecy. Treason. <laughs> Well, thank because God treason no one, carries such a yeah. Thank God no one mutinies a hard in this punishment. universe. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, we concoct the plan. We're gonna jump into for them not to have any topographical data of of Kronos. That map was really detailed. <laughs> it was, yes. And they really knew a whole lot about Kronos, and so they're like, "We're gonna jump into a cavern," and it. Now that I even made the comment earlier in this episode, this was Austin Powers 2. They had a secret volcano layer, and they were <laughs> going to detonate a bomb <laughs> that was going to set off all the volcanoes on the planet. Yep. Oh, boy. So, it all right. was so dumb. <laughs> it was so bad. But so they, we, and, so and, they come up with a plan, though. They're going to, they, we, we have to go terraform a planet, which is apparently a pretty quick deal it doesn't take very long at all and see that's um, the and 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 that's the thing that's another thing that was so made this episode so painful it's like that was the central challenge and it was resolved in like five minutes so it wasn't a challenge at all so i'm almost like why did you even bother writing that yeah it was so like, pointless it would have been it it would have been just as uh just as ridiculous for tilly to have been like lieutenant stamets Come down to your lab immediately. I just found a crate that was up underneath this desk, and it has another thing of spores in it. Like, I mean, it was it it was that lazy. Like, oh, we need some more spores, so we're just going to go terraform the planet. It was also lazy. It was yeah. just terrible. So, all right. So <sighs> they decide they they decide that uh, 
Yeah, so they're going to go to Ego, the Living Planet, Kronos, and oh yeah, <laughs> Ego, the Living Planet. Oh man. So, but so they get their spores and they uh, they prepare. They're preparing to jump. Giorgio is the captain. You still didn't have to make your captain. Yeah, let's let's know. talk about that. That's the big reveal at the end of it. Yeah, uh, you know, Admiral Doctor gets the fuck out of there. She's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. Uh, and here is your new captain. We thought she was dead, but we found her. Captain Flippa Jojo. She strolls on the bridge, and uh, and Michael and Saru are all so shocked. And I'm like, what? The? And I'm just wondering who the hell is buying this. <laughs> Well, they had to put up a good cover story because they had to keep all this under wraps. Mind you, actually, you know, I want to back up to that. Their whole logic for needing to hide the existence of a parallel universe was pretty eye-rolling to me. Like, imagine if there was a way you could go see your dead wife in a different universe. Do they not understand these are not the same people? This is not the same world. This is not the same universe. Imagine that your wife that you loved, you could see a fucked up, twisted, perverted version <laughs> of her. Or maybe you're married Wouldn't to that, that version. You're like, I really want to go see my wife as a nice person. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to a different universe. So, <laughs> Oh my God. I just... <laughs> so, but so they got to bury it. They got to buckle it up. So they put uh, Empress Jojo as captain. She apparently fails the Manchurian test. And so they have to, they have to, uh, convince everybody she's the captain so they bring her on it couldn't have just been like hey look who we found she's gonna help you on the bridge no we, we have to make her captain yeah and uh so but that was that was the meat of the uh episode part of it now you have all like the side dialogues and all the side arcs and all the which soap was, opera moments like which you were was talking the, about the meat of the actual episode yeah by the way, and and I think it's after we do the Genesis device that we get just the most cringeworthy conversation between Burnham and Phoenix. She's like, "We made something beautiful today from a dead planet, and you're like a yeah. dead planet, but we can make you again." But but it's and solitary. Can I just say that maybe the dumbest fucking line uttered this season, and that is saying. A whole that is, hell of a lot. That's a tall order, Joe Bob. Is that when is a tall order. Is when Ash tells her, "You're just looking for an excuse to end it." Oh my God! I, yes, that was awful. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, "What?" <laughs> that my was pretty brain, bad. Like almost melted down. Like you're just looking for an excuse to end it, yeah. and then in. Typical you discovery just, fashion. He double dicks down, yeah. and he says, "You were just oh, yeah. waiting on me to be a Klingon spy so you could dump me." This is so shallow. He says, "What but. this is? This is really about that you finally got close to someone and it got a little complicated. <laughs> and now you got to run." I'm like, "Yes, you goddamn motherfucking dumbass! Like, do you believe any of this shit that you're saying? This is oh, more man. than a little complicated." Like a little credit. complicated is 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 yeah. your girlfriend finding a Donald Trump mask in your sex dungeon? Like it, it, this is oh my god! Yeah, that was this bad. is beyond the complicated. This is, is you're not even oh god! I, I can't even I can't even explain how how fucking retarded it is because it's just it's so bad. 
it was bad, but it was it was just it, well, it wasn't just bad. It was bad. Tilly and Burnham talking wasn't much better. Sarah and Burnham talking wasn't much better either. Like all the interactions I, here. I like how Tilly, you know, a few episodes, she's like, you know, reassuring people. It's kind of what I do. And Burnham's like, I just said goodbye to my father, and it felt fine. I thought that too. She what do you think? And she's, she's, away. she's she looks away. She's like, "What do you th- what do you think about this this mission?" Yeah, yeah. I say, keep working here. Like, yeah. way to way to be reassuring there, Killy. Oh. I got a question. If all the if we couldn't cultivate a new colony of spores and everything, if we could do it that fast in an uncontrolled planetary setting, why couldn't he have just used that plant to do it in a lab in a fully controlled environment? Uh, it, I Why did we have to so, terraform a planet? So stupid. <laughs> oh, so stupid. How did they get all the spores? I guess they sent yeah. a shuttle down to harvest them. <sighs> I don't know. It, look, it looked like they were just kind of floating up. I really, I swear, if we go back to Delta Two and the Tartar Dog is over there, like laid over on his back with like this engorged belly from just <laughs> from just going to town on these spores, I'm gonna lose it. No, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be Tilly too, cause she gets to name it. <laughs> Tilly too. Oh man. <sighs> so, all right, yes, but I think that pretty well wraps it up. You know, we have a few little combos. Um, obviously, you know something's up because Giorgio wanted to meet with Sarek, and then Sarek and Cornwall are talking. So obviously, you know something is afoot. But we right. end the episode. We end the episode. We got Captain Jojo on the bridge with with her her cover story that didn't take long to come up with. Oh yeah, let's just tell her that we found her on a prison ship. They they bought it with Lorca. They bought it with Phoenix. Hell, I'll yeah. work with this one too. So <laughs> they're like, we're losing, we're misplacing captains and admirals all the time. She was she was on a shuttle and she got away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everybody's like. <laughs> you know, I also thought it was pretty funny. Um, so how many high value targets have we lost on shuttles now? And when we're like, oh, we got to jump across space. Klingons are all over the quadrant. The journey will be perilous. They were just like, eh, screw it. Just go ahead and jump. They won't find us. Damn, it's, it's impossible like, for Klingons to. forward to doing it the old fashioned way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But so that's it. So we wrapped up. The first, the penultimate episode. I hated that episode. That was <laughs> terrible. I think I hate it more than Lethe. I don't want to go back and watch Lethe again to, to know for sure. It, but... <laughs> but I think I hated it more than Lethe. It was pretty, it was, it was bad. I will say that one of my favorite lines just self-referentially is in this episode. And it's not because it's a good line, but just because it was hilarious in our context. Um, in Act One, when they're having the meeting, the the breakdown meeting, and they're talking, and Admiral Cordwell's all distraught about the fact that she was that Lorga like pulled the wool over her eyes, and, <laughs> yeah. and Sarek says, "Well, the <laughs> fact that he was from a uh, from a mirror universe isn't exactly the most uh, conclusion thing, yeah. obvious conclusion." And I'm like, "Fuck that, Joe Bob figured it out, figured it out about two minutes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they never watched. They never watched Mirror Mirror. <laughs> and that wraps up 
uh, a war inside and out. What is it good for? <laughs> and we head on to the final. Will you take my hand? Hold my hand. I want you to hold my hand. <laughs> and, and this episode, this, one, this was is not the much one. Better. Yeah, this episode is where I feel like uh, you had the most anticlimactic season finale, big arc wrap up, and I guess it's it's like what you guys were saying earlier. They'd already wrapped up the big arcs, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we should probably we should probably tie up this whole." Klingon war thing and <laughs> this episode felt it was almost more like a, a comedy like a spoof spinoff <laughs> than, than an actual episode um, I mean we've got we got Tilly snorting coke we've got Giorgio bedding two you know a male and a female and then right it's it Not wasn't only enough that, that we just she teaches the you're right the she rocks their world a thing or two yeah you know, the old cougar teaches them a thing or two. You know, we've got Klingons peeing out of bifurcated peckers on the walls. We got <laughs> Ash Tyler throwing dice in a back alley. Like, this episode was awful. And then, like I said, it's all focused on Austin Powers 2 as the, as the focal strategy of how we're going to defeat the Klingons. And then... <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself because this one's going to my brain's going to split open by the end of this episode because it was bad. I got a prediction. I got a prediction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you haven't even scratched the surface either. Like we have have Saru being just the worst at a clandestine side conversation. We've got the nightlife in the Orion sector is the most boring place on all of Kronos. <laughs> Why are the Orions even on Kronos? The we whole got- point of Klingons in this show is that they don't want to share cultures or lose anything about their their heritage and their identity. Why is this thing even on the planet we, start with? We got Gormagander on a stick. <laughs> We got We've got the the nuclear codes handcuffed Tilly, right? It's not. It wasn't enough that we just had. Uh, oh my god, we got. It we was got, awful. It's so bad. It is was, so bad, and yeah. it all ends with Willie. I mean, the the kind of crescendo of this episode. You fucking nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> you called this shit in like episode four that Burnham was going to go through this arc and come is going to end up being a goddamn circle. And she's going to have to commit a mutiny at the end <laughs> of the Saru, season. But Saru was finally going to come around. Up, <laughs> and it'll be the mutiny that saves them. Oh man! And I was watching that. I was like, "Holy shit! Way <laughs> to go, Willie! Way yeah. to whoop, whoop, whoop oh, off into man. the sunset." Yeah, that one was this Second episode. Start of the was... and whoop, 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 till morning. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, this episode was something else. Something else. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! I, so, Gordon, 
why don't you start us off on this? Because I just, I can't even, I can't even. Just take us out. Go. <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 the teaser, you've got the Klingons and they're like, you know, they're they're coming in. They're going for, for the soul system and you see. They're already at Jupiter. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. That and, was so, this is so dumb. But they're this waiting. Whole they're waiting. Takes place. They're at Jupiter heading towards Earth. And then at the end, when LaCrelle gives her speech, uh, you know, I guess they tell them to hold off. And they've like just barely gotten a little bit closer. And all <laughs> six ships in the Armada turn away. I was like, Let yeah. me, did I miss something? Let me rewind that. Nope, there's six. Mm-hmm. That's all we show. This is not me. 1995 when you have to have a separate model for each one. I don't understand <laughs> why they couldn't just control C, control V a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that was bad. It was bad. Yeah. 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 You have that whole speech with Burnham talking about fear and so on and so continues to the episode. Um, don't know that yet. Bookends, um, I think they call that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Giorgio's getting, you know, updates from the crew, blah, blah, blah. Um, Saru asks Burnham to assist him with an issue before exclaiming unease at having to follow the orders of someone with such ideals. So, yeah. Um, Boy, I can't believe that Jojo picked up on that. I guess deception, uh, I guess picking up on deception is a a trait from the mirror universe because I was totally convinced he wanted her to look at the thing. He wasn't even quiet, too, when he's like, I don't trust this bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it was like, I'm a right here. I can hear you. <laughs> you know, like, scared Kelpian is a tough Kelpian. Uh, and then we get to this thing with, uh, again, I don't fucking understand. If, I mean, are, are we really meant to understand that the bridge crew does not know this is Mirror and JoJo? Is, is that I, what? I think that's the implication. But, but yeah. is that yet, only, only Saru and Michael have picked up on it? But how? But, but when she's like, that. when she's like, I don't care what we're scanning. I care who's scanning us. Helms, don't call that the home world. Klingons are animals. They have no home, like animals. I'm like, wait, animals have homes? That doesn't make sense, but whatever. And then she's basically saying, talking about eating Saru. And then Burnham says, hey, where are you from, Captain? And she takes her for a walk and is like, don't ever try to expose me again. And I'm like, you were doing a pretty shitty job of trying to not blow your cover. Blend if that in, was yeah. really uh, what we were going for here, you don't seem to give a fuck whether or not people know you're the emperor. And, and you know, the, the fact that she was doing a crappy job, but assuming that her crappy job wasn't being noticed, it, it, it is we most Look, of the, the only way you can see the- through the ruse is to have eaten someone in a different universe. And you know, I remember eating you. This is probably not really you, is it? Because that was that was how Laurel saw through the ruse. I still don't but. get how the bridge crew... I mean, they blew up the Emperor's palace. <laughs> they knew it was JoJo. But appar- Okay, so apparently, though, I don't understand how, unless it's just that she's so goddamn stupid. Tilly completely bought the fake JoJo thing. Cause she, can, I, I don't, un, oh God, I don't understand. Well, like the how only you could... difference that, but the only, the only thing you might can give Tilly there is she wasn't on the Shinjo. 
Right. I don't care. She <laughs> just came from the mirror universe. They literally just got back. They had just like five minutes before gotten the dick hammer logo off and replaced it with discovery. Like it, 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 <laughs> which we made us we, we made a point to show us changing it back. You know Yeah, they, they spent their CGI budget on that and that's why there were only six Klingon ships at the end. I would have loved it. I would have loved it if Tilly had kept the hairdo and been like, you know, and, and there'd have been like the scene where like Demeter had been like, Oh Tilly, I like your hair. And she's like, Yeah, you know, that uh that mirror Tilly had a lot going for. I really liked this hairdo. And then like for the rest of the show that was her hair. I think that would have been funny. How how does Tilly? How did Tilly buy it? I don't understand. She comes in. She's like, Captain Philip Jojo. I'm so happy to meet you. And and Jojo's like, I remember so much. So you, you remind me of such a good times, Captain Killy. He's like, Oh, this is this is not the the the. And no, Killy knew she was the emperor because she said, "You're the Terran emperor." I, Holy. I, how, how how? Look look. This we're almost finished with the first sense. We're almost finished with the first season. Let's not get hung up on things that don't make sense. We need we made to trudge of, through this. We made fun of Tilly's hair again. Warden, I I, I I get the impression you want me to like Tilly. And I think that you do. And I think this is kind of the reason that I just have not cotton to Tilly is because she is such an just just a stark contrast to what this show really wants to do like they they it's it's absurd yeah like they're we're going from scenes where it, you know it's written like a soap opera to like execution scenes and then oh here's tilly like <laughs> we're gonna make fun of her hair and 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 she's gonna be so naive that she thinks it's really jojo and and uh, and, and she's gonna I, she's gonna do drugs for the first time, pass out. No, not for the first time. I mean, I think she'd done it because she 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 came back pretty quick, and she's like, "Look, I'm high as fuck right now, but oh, you need to listen." True, yeah. That is not that is not <laughs> that what you say so, the first time. The uh, <laughs> she still knew how to function. They obviously like, don't have a dare program at the uh, at the academy. Just I I don't know what the writers are going for with her. Like I, I, I think that the thing that I like about her is that she feels like an antidote to the rest of the show because she's just kind of goofy and fun, and I find her somewhat relatable because I'm ugly awkward. But it um, feels, it, I mean, it almost feels mean the way that they, because it again, it is such an absurdly stark contrast that I, I don't know what they're going for with her. But it annoys me. The other thing could be that I'm I, I have the additional context of her in the second. Um, could be. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get to overall preview impressions season later. So I don't want to get into but uh, that could be part of it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to wrap this thing up first because it's a doozy. Right. So, so once again, we've got something that on its surface seems like it's going to be a real uh obstacle for our crew but turns out nah stamps like i'm i'm good aren't i we jump right into the heart of of ego the living planet um because we took you know because that that evades scanners um i know that uh right now 
we have some pretty uh, advanced and continuous monitoring going on of what's going on beneath the Earth's surface. You'd think that in a hundred years that technology would still exist and you'd still be a little concerned about what's going on in all these caverns and volcanoes underneath your planet. Well, surface. there's no reason it to didn't make to any sense underneath the surface when your planet is built is is just on one giant cavernous volcano. System. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any any. Why would you do that? It, it, it didn't make any sense why that would that would evade scanners. You'd still think, and then you still beamed, <laughs> you still beamed up there, right? It's not mm-hmm. even like you. It's not even like you jumped to the caverns and then uh, you know spelunked your way out. You still beamed. What was the difference in just whoop, 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 beaming down and then they're still going to know that somebody beamed to that area. I don't know. But, I don't understand any of this is so fucking stupid. I guess the one I guess the one obstacle to us getting there was we didn't know which volcano. And so we got to see Jojo beat the shit out of Lacrell. And Lacrell is like, but I ate you. Oh, by the way, I was really disappointed with these two episodes that we got basically no reaction from Saru finding out that Jojo ate Kelpian. Or from Mike finding out that they ate JoJo. Yeah. yeah. JoJo. Was really disappointed with that. But to be fair, we did get a pretty sick burn when LaCrell was like, either way, you need seasoning. <laughs> uh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but so, after so she again, beat the shit out of LaCrell a few times, and then Burnham's like, oh, oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you, we've, we've got a Klingon that's totally willing to cooperate. You know, here's what I want to know, though, and and I, this is a recurring theme in this show. Are there no security guards in the brig? It seems like the Federations do just as poor of a job watching over their prisoners as the Klingons do. Because wouldn't somebody have intervened when the captain of the ship goes in and just starts beating the shit out of a prisoner? Well, the the chief of security is confined to quarters. I mean. Well, no, I've met Phoenix. Oh, oh, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, that's true. He is. Uh, but so, so Phoenix gets in there, and he has all this knowledge of of Kronos, and starts rattling off. Apparently, Voke, uh, as a was well, as a hobbyist, was really into geography. Uh huh. Because he knows all about all these things, <laughs> um, which 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 doesn't make any sense. Because I I believe that I am pretty well versed on a lot of geography. But if you showed me the globe and you showed me seven points on the entire Earth and asked me about them, I don't think I could tell you every little detail about all seven of them. Yeah, you could because you'd be like, this one is, that's what we built our Congress on. And this one is at the bottom of the Sea of Sargasso. And this one, and uh, buddy, Azim is going to milk that Klingon uh, dialect that he learned. Because every time he gets a chance to use a clear hour, he's like, this one, this one is the followers of Moloch, who will be there till Kalish returns. <laughs> it's like, come on, buddy, you're human now. You can just fucking say it. That's right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He tells him. He tells him to where to go. Yeah. And so it's a, it's, it's a, uh, Orion This is a fucked outpost. up planet. I mean, this is a it fucked really up planet is. that the whole thing is a cavernous volcano system, but there's seven volcanoes. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, whatever. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but he decides to help him 
even though at first when they're talking to him, he's like, this is a bowline. Doesn't run. Doesn't cut. It's not even half Klingon. It's what makes me me. God, who wrote this <laughs> shit? <laughs> I hate it. Bad, I mean, it just... <laughs> that's pretty bad. And he's like, it's my tether to my past. In the tether yeah. Back. yeah, yeah, the old tether. So, so they beamed down to the site in what is more like. Well, no, they beam up it's... to it. Oh, yeah, that's right. They beam up to this site. And honestly, everything about this seemed like a traveling carnival that gets set up at the fairgrounds of your local county fair. Like, you've got all these, like, really weird, sleazy-looking guys playing all these games. You have, like, the Gormagander food stall. Uh, so dumb. We are just, so it was, not clandestine about it. <laughs> that's, yeah, and we just walked straight up it. to somebody. We're, we're flipping we're, we're out humans. Star, Starfleet communicators. Like. Yeah. And We're okay, gonna walk up is... and offer to sell weapons. You know, Ash is laughing and cutting up and and rolling dice. You know, it's just uh... this. And this is Sam. We're in Orion Town, and like the thing about the Orions is they're supposed to have like good time. This is like the shittiest red light district in the universe. <laughs> like, did you notice that by the end, like there were just like just empty chairs out of the street. No one was even walking around. Like, what? I, I don't understand. It's so stupid. And then they all go. And and not only that, but, like, one of these people has a goddamn briefcase handcuffed to her arm. How does that not look out of place in Orion Town? <laughs> yeah. And Killy, and Killy, the way that yeah, she can t- just flip on and off the psychopath. Like, I don't think, if you're as, if you are as, this is another reason I don't like Killy. If you're as naive and awkward as Killy. You don't get in life or death, high pressure, universe at stake situation, and then suddenly be able to just completely change your personality and be like, insult her again, and I'm going to relocate your nose on the back of your head. I, it, yeah. Yeah. It's so stupid. That was very stupid. And then it two seconds later, stupid. she's like, I got to go get a gormagander. Yeah, she had the munchies, the pre-munchies. Yeah, so mm. she goes and gets a gormagander pop. And uh, and she's like, don't worry, I got you back. Yeah, I'm sure that made Burnham feel real good. So they they go to the bar, and uh, Georgia orders her a man and a woman, and Tilly's like, oh, no, 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 thanks. Georgia's like, it's safe for you. And then she apparently goes back and rocks their world, and uh, at least she gets what she paid for. She could have just taken him back there and then pulled the gun on him, right? But she, she at least uh, gets what she pays for, because she hadn't had some good Orion tail in a while. At least so, we're not on a clock. At least there's not a Klingon fleet that just passed Jupiter like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But, you know, it explains a little bit more about how Lorca's personality was the whole time. Apparently yeah. it is a very, uh, very over-sexualized culture. Well, we know that, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, so she gets the information at the same time that Burnham and uh, Phoenix get the information from the, the uh, followers of Molar whoever mm-hmm. so they, everybody gets the information at the same time that tilly except for uh, tilly because she figures out that the, yeah, that the volcanoes are actually active and that their their intel was wrong and so she she's, figures she saws out. open saws open the briefcase she figures that out from a tweaked out orion while she is high as can be 
And he makes a throwaway statement like, why would you even believe them that the volcanoes are active? And like, why would you, uh, you know, she's like, well, well, we've I, already established that Tilly believes everything she hears, right? That's true. Let me ask you a question. Why would a drone not survive the heat, but a thermonuclear bomb will? I was wondering that too. Are we supposed to believe this thing's just circulating around underneath Kronos in perpetuity? Just forever, so that the Federation has first strike advantage? I, I mean, I, I think... What? Warden? I, I think once Laurel done with what she needs to do, it gets my... Well, that's not said in this episode. That's, yeah, not in this episode. Unless that's a deleted scene, because she comes in with the iPad of death. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course, this warrior race just is like, oh, you know what? She's right. I guess we better... I guess we better bow down to her. That was so I, stupid, but we I got more like... stupid before we get there. Just hang on. Just hold on, <laughs> hold on to that okay. thought. Because okay. now Achilles, like, you know, again, clandestine Achilles is flips up her Starfleet communicator, which Michael answers. is like, oh, it's a double cross. It's, it's not a, you know, and doesn't Burnham Did... hop on the horn to Saru, too? Uh, yes. Hey, these these... This group of humans is uh, that we're you know totally at war with is uh, uh flipping out Starfleet communicators and talking to somebody about a bomb. Should we should we maybe look into that? <laughs> Furthermore, like, do we not think the Klingons would inter would build internment camps for humans? I mean, probably they'd just kill the ones that are living on Kronos. I know JoJo said that it was the dregs of our race, but like. We interred the Japanese in World War Two. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it, no, no, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that anybody but Klingons would have been living there anyway, based on the way Klingons uh, reacted to the Federation to start with to, to get this whole show kicked off. Right. But so JoJo knocks out Tilly and takes the bomb. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and so Burn she goes out there. Yep. Goes down there and drops it in, and and very uh, pleasingly looks on as she sees that it begins circulating in the river of lava. I'm and sorry, Saru, magma. And, We're in a volcano. We're surrounded, surrounded by liquid hot, hot magma. magma. <laughs> and Saru yeah. is like, "Oh, we're too late." Of course, we're just too late. We've lost the signal. And I'm thinking, isn't the damn thing actually coming closer to you? How are you losing the signal? This makes no goddamn sense. But yeah, I felt like had you dropped an H-bomb in a volcano, probably would have gone off. I just don't think that that thing had the thermal shielding to to keep floating around in there like a bobber. But you know what? I guess you got to give a lot of uh, grace to Discovery at this point. The point is that we've come full circle. This show started with a stupid ass away mission with JoJo and Mike, and it ends with a stupid ass away mission with JoJo and Mike. And except this time, instead of JoJo blowing up in the waters of life coming out, it's going to be the watery lava of death. And the mutiny is going to happen for the right reasons instead of the wrong reasons this time. And it just, it's, it's all so well concocted and neatly tied. It was they were they were they did a they did a phenomenal job with this. So they they come down into the super secret layer and they they talk it out. So and she brings or gets Saru to bring Lacrell. Yep. So Lacrell comes walking down there uh, because she's obviously keen on playing fair 
Yes. And and we give her the controls. To, we give her the doomsday clock. Right? How is that a better plan? <laughs> this is such no. a this whole. Why wouldn't she have just taken it and said, I'm glad to know that Kronos is safe. Fire everything at Earth right now. You know, Mm -hmm. none of it made any. Why would the Federation not have held it and said, call off all ships, call them all back into original Klingon territory or Kronos gets it. Like to me, it almost would have been cooler to have found out that in all of Star Trek or maybe not all Star Trek, but in much of Star Trek, there was a nuke, you know, or the Federation had the power at any minute to destroy Kronos. And, mm-hmm. you know, that would have kind of been cool, like, if they left it that. But it was it was one of those, you know, crates in the warehouse of Raiders of the Lost Ark that nobody knew about because it, it <laughs> needed to be that secret, you know? Mm-hmm. So. But, but this, this is, okay. And Jesus H., I just don't even <laughs> understand. And here's the thing, like the plan to hold Kronos hostage is actually an okay one. Admiral Doctor yep. was totally right when she's like, we are about to be exterminated. We don't get to have principles. Mm-hmm. And Burnham's like, principles are all we've got. I'm like, that is so fucking stupid. <laughs> you, you, no, 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 that's not what you say. Like, oh, oh, oh. I don't know. Was this a like... I was like, are they trying to make a we shouldn't have dropped atomic bombs statement here or something? I don't even know. It was just so stupid. The most rational and logical person in this whole episode is the goddamn Terran Emperor. <laughs> but okay, so let's let's continue rolling with stupid. So Burnham, <laughs> because we gotta have principles, decides to roll the dice and give give the iPad of death to Lacrell. And Lacrell goes and to the Jojo I- gets her freedom, and I just can't imagine that this is not going to come back somehow. That Jojo is going to return mm. down the line because we definitely didn't we didn't wrap that one up very well. No, so. no, no, no. She's she's off the episode totally. Yeah. Anyway, Lacrell goes to the High Council Chamber, which is sitting on one of these volcanoes because Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of it kind of reminded me a lot of the Senate scene in like uh, Phantom of the Menace or or Attack of Clones, <laughs> right. whichever one it was. Like she's just kind of standing down there talking, and she holds up the iPad of the twenty four houses <laughs> have been reorganized into the first <laughs> Klingon Empire. That was a pretty solid uh, Emperor impression. Oh, thank you, thank you, oh. and and. Uh, <laughs> So so we get our first we get our first female president and she's like this is how democracy dies <laughs> thunderous applause yeah so, uh, so so I guess we are to presume that the war is over we are now a united Klingon empire under Lucrell the first and her iPad of death <laughs> and Giorgio is on the run on Kronos. Uh, slinging it to whatever Orion hasn't learned all the tricks yet. We, I hope, I hope it it turns out that like next season, Lacreo kind of goes crazy and she has this Isik that's like got an X on one side and she flips it because she's got a multiple personality <laughs> now. And she's like Two Face Lacreo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that joke took a while to get get around to. Huh? But okay, wow. this comes to me 
to the to just the worst fucking part of this episode, right? Yeah. And Butt that is up with a bow. That is this masturbatory pat on the back that we're all giving ourselves about we are Starfleet and we are so fucking awesome and we're so fucking high and mighty and let's review the plan that we just had. Like Wait, you, are you talking about are you talking about the speech that Burnham, Burnham gives, gives Cornwell on the bridge, or are you talking about in like the no, metal ceremony? No, I'm talking about the metal ceremony, the okay. Star Wars, you know, the end of A New Hope, where we all get our medals and we're 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 giving ourselves a pat on the back, and it's like this is the Godfather. Like you, you, you're not the good guy here. Mm-hmm. You made him an offer he could they couldn't refuse. You no, know, Luca Brasi held a gun to his head, and my father assured him that either his signature or his brains would be on the contract. I mean, that's what we did here. Like, we didn't hold to... You right, can we say held that an we entire held planet with by, billions I mean, of people hostage. We are holding a gun to that entire planet's head, and just because we gave the gun to someone else to hold to their head, we're acting like we're the fucking good guys here. And, and no one seems to have a problem with it. And Burnham, who just fucking committed mutiny because... The for Federation the Council time. was for the second time because the Federation Council was willing to do this. When Sarek's like, "I was gonna nuke their asses," uh, <laughs> and she's like, "You were, you were, you were stressed. It was, it was a logical <laughs> thing to do." I'm just like, "What is going on here? Are we really? Is the writing really this bad?" And yes, it's really this bad. So, did we move Starfleet headquarters to Paris? Just. Just to make this show just more like, uh, I wondered. No, it wasn't much Starfleet. more universal. No, it wasn't Starfleet headquarters. It was the United Federation of Planets. Oh, okay. Which okay. I think isn't that isn't that always been in Paris? I thought it was in San Francisco. Maybe that was no just Starfleet, Starfleet. Is in Warden. Yes, we need a reference librarian. All right, but we we skipped a critical part here though. Before we got to the medal ceremony, um. Phoenix decides to stay behind with the rail. Oh yeah, I forgot. because that makes perfect total sense, right? Um, mm. The the human ward for Laurel as she's going to lead this Klingon Empire. Yeah, they're really going to take that well. We were about to yeah. beat the humans, and you made us call the war answer off, to one. <laughs> and you are uh, banging one. Uh, so. This is guess, really, and we get. I forgot we got the uh, the story of Burnham's parents, and you know, of course, it's our fault that that they died. And I really thought the Klingons were going to eat her parents. I thought that was where they were going with it too. They just yeah. like really love Earth food. There were bowls of Captain Crunch sitting out, and they had finished it off because that's what Klingons do in the middle of like an invasion. They're like, oh, we'll take a break from the killing, and we'll just sit down and we'll eat and laugh, like. Share a good meal. Yep. This is so yep. fucking stupid. So, all right. So, obviously, Laurel, Phoenix, and Giorgio are going to have to make an appearance again because we stranded three major characters from the first season on Kronos. Now, all three of them may not make an appearance, but some somehow this guy, this guy, it's got to come back into play at some point. That was just too huge of a loose end. But don't forget, to, we're to making every, we're making all these other characters that were just background extras into characters now. 
mean, Bob, yeah, Bob even, got to sit Bob, in the captain's Bob, Bob chair. Bob got a medal, too. Yeah. Yeah. Natohara is, is doing his thing. You got whatever. Chang. I don't, I don't know his name. He was talking to, I mean, like, D- Demeter's all of a sudden a, a character again. Like, even Dr. Nurse got some lines. Like, I, I, why do we? Yeah. I don't. Why is the chief medical officer not treating Ash, not dealing with this? We still don't even know who the chief. We don't know who the department heads yeah, are. Why did we never have is, a fucking uh... meeting with? How did we go a whole goddamn <laughs> season without finding out who the chief engineer or the chief medical officer was? How does that make any goddamn sense at all? That's a good question. Why didn't the chief? Me- why didn't they get medals? I don't know. It's so stupid. It's the Chewy phenomenon all over again. <laughs> so yeah, but at least Chewy was the co co pilot. He wasn't the chief engineer. He wasn't. It's so stupid. <laughs> I hate this. I hate but so, this. Uh, but, but so we got Burnham's record expunged, and she's reinstated back at commander, mind you. Not even like a demote. Like Kirk got demoted. Uh, when he pulled some of the some of these stunts, right? Which she actually got promoted. I thought. I thought she was a commander before. Oh, she was lieutenant commander. No, she was a commander. I disagree. She just got, she just got reinstated. I and, thought she was okay. And so then they they come out and they get all their medals, and we're getting. Uh, I will say, Kirk wanted to be demoted. Right, he did, but I think that that was uh, that that is beside the point. You're right. He wanted to be demoted, but still, Kirk reinstating Burnham didn't... at her full rank. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so anyway, but but just so to, we uh, just to finish my reference question, Paris is not the present, uh, the capital of the Federation. Um, it is San Francisco, um, as it turns out. Um, but Paris is the location of the office of the president of the Federation. So apparently it's kind of spread over all planet, the whole government infrastructure Federation. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad as, to have completely answered your question. That's right. So it wasn't <laughs> as dumb as I thought it was then, I guess. Um, and so, so we, we all get our medals and we talk about what Starfleet stands for. And then we second started right straight on the morning. We got to find a, a non-human user for the spore drive because that worked out so well for us before. And then we set up season two because we get a priority one distress call from what is it? The USS Enterprise. Did you like Mike, the way did you like the way Mike that it drop. that it took <laughs> did you like the way that he's like, I've got to decode who it's from. It's like N C. It's like yeah. Wheel of Fortune. He's like Vanna Whiting it all the way across. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, just throw one seven oh what up there. And of course Mike He had a little decoder ring. Yeah. Mike and Sarek look at each other like, Hey, we got family, family over here. Anyway, so, I'm happy because I guess Captain Pike, we're gonna see Captain Pike because I feel like this show needs some diversity. We're finally gonna get a straight white human on the show. Yeah, which is because which would be nice. We don't have one. We didn't have one all season. Well, we had one. Who? Lorca. Was a Terran, not a human. Ugh, technicalities. <laughs> well, either name, way. Name a straight white human in Starfleet, other than Captain Pike. Sergeant Ponytail. Okay, sorry. Uh, did I say male? Straight white male human. 
Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Was Ponytail uh, white? I definitely got the Latino vibe from Ponytail. I believe she is Latino. I mean, I don't give a shit. I'm not complaining about it. I just thought it was funny. I just want to make a diversity joke. You know what? I think you're right, though. I can't I can't think of one. Stamets is gay. Okay. You, you, yeah, I, I keep losing track of all of them. Very much so. <laughs> I keep losing track of the uh, the, the, the various qualifiers. Um, um, yeah. Are you making fun of my qualifiers? Motherfucker. I, did I say that? No. No. Uh, your tone said it. You know, and. <laughs> the... Oh, I have a tone. <laughs> are we going to have our first fight on the air? No, okay. Um... <laughs> so, I feel like they missed a good opportunity here because one of y'all made the comments early on in the show that maybe they could have realized that the Spore Drive technology was just too volatile and too dangerous. So they decommissioned it and redacted all the files. I felt like that would have been the time to have done it. You oh, know, yeah. After and... this was all buttoned up, um, you know, and, and and we're gonna bury the discovery, we're gonna redact everything about the spore drive technology, and that would kind of explain why we'd never heard it before, right? You mean as opposed to doubling down on it and saying that Starfleet has top men working on it? Top men. <laughs> so and we're going to go find us another non-human. So who knows? Joe Bob, you may get your wish. The Tarta Dog may be back. It may, in fact, be back. Or we have to raise a Tarta Puppy, you know, so that it doesn't realize it's being tortured. Well, um, this show is going to have to get a lot more fun before the Tarta Dog ever comes back. Because <laughs> that was one thing. That's the thing about season one is we can't have fun. This show... The closest it ever came to trying to have fun was the mud episode, and even that was pretty damn dark. Yeah. Talking about magic, make the same man go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's That's actually a very good transition um, to talking a bit about season two. Um, Does it get fun? Well, okay. So I've been re uh, doing a preemptive rewatch of season two. So I forgot how much more fun season two was. Um, it's still discovery and it's still a little, and in some cases more than a little ridiculous. Is that a conscious decision as like a response to criticism? I don't know that it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, because I do know that people did comment on the fact it was a bit of a downer as we just saw. Um, so Part of it is the, the type of episodes they do. The episodes start to, even though there is definitely that overall arc, first of all, from the season long arc for season two goes from episode one to the end. It's not one of those things where it stops and starts and you go to the mirror universe in the middle and then, oh yeah, we had a war. Um, it's it's a thing that goes from beginning to end, um, but each episode along the way is at least a somewhat memorable adventure um and they well, are often... giving me you're giving me hope ward yeah they... i mean it sounds like it might actually feel like a star trek show at some that's point. it i said you know i'm i was watching an episode this afternoon and i'm like you know this still has problems but damn it this feels like star trek there is an episode an issue that they have to deal with in the episode and it's the whole episode's trying to solve this problem. And they're doing Star Trekky sciencey shit to figure it out. It's yeah. not just pull the answer out of their ass kind of crap. They're 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 I mean, 
they still do a little Deus Ex Machina, but um, but yeah, it's it, it it yeah, and the characters are all much more fun. They're more relatable as human beings. The thing they start at the end of the season on season one continues and actually feels more natural is that they are actually like there's more than three characters. Good. All of these bridge crew suddenly have personalities. Um, uh, we, y- you guys are correct. We have Captain Pike coming on the show. And I think, I think you're going to like Pike. If um, I could be like Pike. <laughs> he has a lot of the same sort of wry energy that Lorca has. Without sexual deviance. Yeah. <laughs> and the murder dungeon. Yeah, you feel okay liking him. Um, so you asked the question, was something an, a reaction to complaints? Um, you, here and there, there are throwaway lines that, and a lot of them are actually put in Pike's mouth where they're kind of like saying stuff that speaks to things that people didn't particularly care for. Where he's, where they're basically, he's jokey. Um, it's a fourth wall moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the overall story is weird. <laughs> but I mean, the individual episodes are amusing and fun in many cases. I mean, there's still a couple that are just like teeth grindy, but um, it feels That's like good it's you know, a lot more to the lore in a sensible way than yeah. the first season did. That's good. Because you know, I was sitting here thinking at the at the conclusion of our season, if you mapped where everything went throughout that season, it's insane if you look at it on a macro scale. Yeah, you go from the Battle of the Binary Stars to Ripper to getting rid of the Tarda Dog to Stamets becoming part of the thing to Lethe to Pavan Pavo to the mirror universe, to planting a bomb underneath Kron- it was It's a jumble. If you look at it on the macro scale, there was, it, it was just a jumbled mess. I guess that's all I can say about it, you know? And I yeah. guess it, it brings it back to say that your story-long arc was the Klingon War, but to Joe Bob's point, it was like an afterthought. And then it was like in the last episode, they remembered they needed to wrap it up. Yeah. It, the season-long arc should have been the Mirror Universe Lorca and getting back home. Yep. And they yeah, should have probably just—they probably should have just closed it off as find out where we are and when. Mm-hmm. Scene, you know, yep. and that was it. But yeah, they could have almost made the two episodes that we're wrapping up with. That could have been like a season. They could have. It could have been, or it could have been like a YouTube short, app, <laughs> and they could have just made the uh two episodes before at the season uh finale i mean yeah. i mean this kind of had some of the feel of like you know the the you know how lord of the rings has like seven endings <laughs> after you think it ends yeah um this kind of had the feel of some of those except without any of the charm or skill <laughs> or emotion yeah i'm talking about emotion from the viewer god knows that our characters were getting emotional about everything. Yeah. Now there are still, there are still some moments they get a little emotional on. Um, it, it, it feels a little unearned. 
but that's Look, because it doesn't have to be a perfect series. It does. I just want one that's just not goddamn awful. And season one, when I look at it as a whole, it's pretty close to awful. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it, it. So much of it was just stupid to a point that it's hard to forgive. Like suspension of disbelief, breaking stupid. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will suggest go into season two with season one in the back of your head because it's still there but as we they, don't have the advantage of, of waiting for the next season to come out though it's <laughs> yeah. still going to be in the front of our head right try to think of it though in terms of the way way they wanted you to react to it and not the way you actually reacted to it. <laughs> so you're saying pretend like we liked it as we start season two. Kind of. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it's because I, I feel like season two deserves a chance to stand on its own because it does kind of feel like you're saying okay, that uh, we, we, we have to pardon discovery and expunge the record. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, actually, because they're like, there's a, there's a, there's a very overall light undercurrent with the first few episodes that it's just kind of, yeah, guys, we know, (laughs) but, and and we can't erase all of that, but just, just, let's just go with it. Yeah, I can, I mean, I can do that. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm still not guaranteeing you're going to like it because I have, I have no faith in my ability to read how people are going to, um, but yeah, I I'm, I'm having a bit of a problem with this, these first episodes just because they hit a lot, hit on a lot of themes that are hard for me with in the last for a little bit. So, um, so I'm dealing with my own stuff. But the, uh, the, the many of the interpersonal things feel better. They are trying to develop relationships on the show because in previous shows you had characters that palled around and stuff like that, and they're starting to try to build that up more because the crew was all cardboard cutouts before. Um, that is probably the single biggest saving grace of season two. If anything of it is, 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 is better is that I think you were, it's, it's actually going to be more of an ensemble crew. There, these people are like people and you get the idea. Like, for example, the character for whom you call bot, bot commander mm-hmm. Arium. Um, first of all, she acts she has enough interaction with everybody that her name is worth remembering you hear her freaking name um and you see oh oh she has a personality okay <laughs> i mean it's so it's just like that that's in and, and yeah and, and and then i mean she even has her own episode or two um later in the season so that's the other thing characters have highlight episodes Characters who are not Burnham. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I, that was one of the things I said I thought would make the show better was if it was a little bit more of an ensemble cast instead of a protagonist. So we'll see how it goes. What's what's uh, so what's our next episode? Yeah, the, the, the first episode of season two is Brother. Where art thou? No, just Brother. I wonder what that could possibly refer to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that season one is a wrap. And from what you've told me about season two, maybe we will like it more. Um, I will try to give it a clean slate, though that's a pretty tall order after what I just sat through. Mm-hmm. 
but I can at least give it a shot. Yeah. I just want to say I cannot believe you two sons of bitches talked me in to watching this show. What, and you too? I stuck with <laughs> this it. This is Warden's fault. No, no, no. Warden was tried, yes. But then you, Actually, then you yeah. made the hard sell after you watched the first four episodes. After about the third or fourth episode, you said, I can't do this anymore. And uh, we said, you got to do it. And wasn't it so rewarding? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I've had such a headache. All right, but we'll be back. I had so much fun talking about it with you guys. <laughs> it was fun. Look, these were look here's, fun. Yeah, these were fun. And here's the other thing. Uh, Joe Bob, you got to remember, you called something from season two. We got, and we don't know what it was. You oh. got to fit. We have to watch it to figure out what it is. Some things. Things. Yeah. Yes. So. Yay. Yeah. So we got to, <laughs> we got to figure that one out. Oh my God. And the problem is you have been all over the map from completely inane to, yeah, I could see that happening. And everything in between, and we all know which one of those it was. So, I will say, uh, I would characterize it as there is one there. There's there's one big thematic thing that he calls that basically like two episodes in we'll be able to talk about, and then there's there's a fairly big series overall picture thing he called um, that we'll have to wait on a while. So. Um, but yeah, there's 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 still yeah pr- predictions you've made now. They're not because they were made a season ahead of time. They're maybe not one hundred percent on the nose as far as exactly how he relates them. But I count them as predictions. So um, because you know, like I said, he, he, there was a whole lot of show he didn't know about when he made them. So it's cool. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think you both you both have really kind of got a feel for where some things end up going. So anyway, well, I don't even want to make a prediction about season two, because based on what you told me, I knew slate. There's nothing to predict. That's right. I I think we just need to see season two, episode one, get a feel for who the new characters are and what the problem the enterprise is facing is. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully it's not a ship full of triples. And that's the <laughs> that's the priority one distress call that which drops out on screen. I'm gonna disagree with you there, Willie, because I think that if it was a tri- if if that distress signal was about a ship full of tribbles, there is no clearer way to say that we are going taking this in a different direction. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. So anyway, we'll no rest for the weary. We'll be back yeah. next week with season two, episode one, old brother. Yeah. And <laughs> Warden, are we gonna have time to uh are we gonna finish up season two before season three comes out? What's the latest on season three? What is the latest on season three? Um, I know the, the, the Rona has, has messed up a lot of shows lately. I heard something like recently that it's like very soon. Um editing is complete. I was glad to see that Cornwall's medical shuttle made it back. I don't understand <laughs> how, but it did. It's the only one. And that they were able to doctor up pretty well. Legs seem just fine. <laughs> Lieutenant Cornwall, you got new legs. <laughs> and, and that they'd done such a poor job of introducing anybody 
who was not serving on board the Discovery, that they had to bring her back to basically take control of the entire Federation. Is, did Admiral what? Terrible die? I have he no may, idea. He may have been the one on, on Starbase 1. It looks like it's not quite ready, but soon. They're done with editing, so I can't imagine it'd be much longer than that. Oh, boy. Um. So... I, I I don't think we're gonna make it unless we do an all all out sprint and combine some. But I, I I would be hesitant to do that because until you guys get a couple episodes under your belt, because I think you might find it worth taking our time, especially since it's even shorter than season one. Oh no, I'm in. I'm 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 not in any hurry. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know that season one was fifteen episodes. Take off the two pilots. That didn't belong, and you end the season with Lorca dying and then jumping back home. It was only an 11 episode season. There should have been, maybe I should Very say. True. All right, well, gentlemen, uh, as far as season one goes, that's a wrap. All right, Warden, go. It's uh, Joe Bob, Biblia Warden, and Mr. Willie signing off. The Borg is everywhere! My god, I cannot believe I did not point this shit out. JoJo did it again. We started off by planting a bomb in the belly of a dead Klingon. And we ended up by planting a bomb in the belly of Kronos. And I cannot fucking believe that did not occur to me until this drive home. Fuck me for not saying that. Warden, this is a postscript to the episode. Fight and Fury, performed by R.J. Wilkes. Used under license from Shutter's